0: Hey, hey, skinny peeps, welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. Today is October 2nd, 2019, and we are in a series called The Road to Jericho, where we are walking through the first six chapters of the book of Joshua. Okay, today we are going to be walking through Joshua chapter three um, in a an episode titled Amazing Things Tomorrow. And I, um, I I love the book of Joshua. I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. I'm um, just getting into it word by word and dissecting it and looking, going deeper because it is a short book, but it is action packed. Um, let's just jump right in. I'm going to start reading for us Joshua chapter three. I'm going to read verses one through four. Okay, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are Levites, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before but keep a distance of about a hundred yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Wow. Okay. Pause right there with me. I just love this because we see right here in the very beginning as as they're about to cross the Jordan, Joshua is telling them the ark should be in front. The Levites are going to carry the ark out in front of you. And I love this because the ark represented for the Israelites, it represented God's presence among them. And so, Um, right here we see God is out in front. He's the one calling the shots. He's leading the way. They're about to head into unknown territory. They've already conquered a couple of different um, nations east of the Jordan, but they're heading over the Jordan now west into the land of Canaan, and they are about to begin conquering um, all the different lands there, all the different tribes there. So, I mean, right here we see in verse 4, um, it says, you've never been this way before. You've never been this way before. And the way you're going to know which way to go is because the ark is going to be out in front. Follow the ark. Follow God. As you head into this unknown territory, as you head into the unknown, follow God. And um, it got me thinking, who, who are you following? Who am I following? Friends, parents, Maybe it's a boss or a coworker. Maybe it's your spouse. Who's out in front in your life? Are they following God? Okay, pick it up with me in verse five. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Okay, I looked up the official definition for the word consecrate, and I just love this. Um It says, to make or declare sacred, to dedicate to divine purpose. Doesn't that just give awesome meaning to life if we think about ourselves as being dedicated to divine purpose, to being declared sacred by God? We are dedicated to God when we are living out our lives for His glory for his purposes. And Joshua is telling them here, he's, he's telling them to be prepared. Why? Why does he say be prepared? Do you guys hear that? Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. You guys, God is going to do amazing things tomorrow. That's what Joshua is telling them. God's about to do amazing things. Have you prepared today For what God will do tomorrow. Because the preparation for tomorrow starts today. Have you dedicated your life to God's purpose? So I started thinking about this more and more. This is what I've really been, uh, the verse I've really been meditating on in Joshua chapter 3. Prepare for today today what God is going to do tomorrow. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so I started thinking through, practically speaking, what does that look like now? In the, in the world that we live in today, we're not all about to cross over a huge river and go in and start wars and conquer other tribes to try to build our house or our home, Right. So practically speaking, what does it look like for us today to prepare today for what God has in store for our lives tomorrow and in the future? And I think there are three main things. There's probably more that we could add to, but three main things um, that, that really involve spiritual disciplines that we need to be practicing today, every day, and every week To be preparing our lives, to be consecrating ourselves, right? For what God wants to do with our lives. The first one I have down is attending church and going to worship, corporate worship. We definitely should have time of times of private worship as well in our car or in your closet or in your kitchen or in your shower. But there's something just amazing about corporate worship. We need to be going to church and and being fed, being filled up. We can't pour from an empty cup, right? Have you thought about if your cup is full versus if your cup is empty? If we aren't pouring the right things in, then when we're hard pressed, we can't expect the right things to come out and And again, corporate worship, it takes our focus off of our circumstances, and it places our focus on God, on His promises, and on His gift of salvation. So important that we're doing that at least once a week. And then daily, what do we need to be doing daily to prepare for what God has for us tomorrow? I think the, one of the most important things that we can be doing every day, whether it's for, for five minutes or for 55 minutes, this daily Bible time, daily time in the word. There's a reason that Jesus calls his daily bread, right? There's a reason it's called our daily bread. We don't just eat food on Sundays, right? Think of your physical body. What would happen to our physical bodies if we only ate food once a week? We would, we'd, we'd be malnourished, right? We wouldn't be healthy, And the same thing can be said of our spiritual life if we're only eating spiritual food once a week on Sundays when we go to church and our pastor feeds us and our church feeds us. We need to be eating, spiritually speaking, every day as well. It's time in the Word of God. Even if it's just five minutes or you set aside some time to read a couple of verses and then think about them and pray about them and ask God to, to grow you and to teach you and to show you, it's amazing to me how God will bring to mind verses that I read a year ago or Bible studies that I did years ago, and He'll bring something to mind in a moment when I need it now. That's preparation for what God has for me tomorrow. And think about it, too. If you think about the armor of God in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about um, the armor of God that we're supposed to put on the armor of God every day. And if you think about it, all the pieces of armor except for one are defensive pieces, right? We have the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the the um, feet fitted with the gospel of peace, We have these different pieces of armor and Paul's right. He's, as he's writing this, um, you have to remember he would have been surrounded by Roman soldiers. And so he's, he's writing this from the perspective of, of what these people were seeing every day. And so these were mostly defensive pieces, but there's one offensive weapon and that is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's your offensive weapon. If we are trying to fight or battle through this life, this world that we live in, with everything that the enemy is going to throw at us, without daily time in the Word, we are essentially going into battle unarmed. If we want to be able to be equipped and ready for what God has in store for us tomorrow, the things that are coming our way, we've got to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Remember, our battles are not against flesh and blood. They so often feel like it. They do. So often it feels like we are fighting with our coworker or we're with a boss or we're mad at a friend or our spouse has made us angry in some way. Not mine. Mine never does that. (laughs) But whoever it is, whatever it is that you're up against, maybe it's sickness, it's illness, There's a a non-flesh and blood enemy, a spiritual enemy that we fight every single day. And God says, you're going to have to take up spiritual weapons. You're fighting a spiritual enemy, you're going to have to have some spiritual weapons. That is the word of God. Okay, pick it up with me in verse 6. Joshua said to the priests. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river." Again, guys, here we see it. God is out in front. He's God. Let him lead. Let him lead. That is a big takeaway for me from Joshua chapter 3. I don't know about you guys. Do you ever have trouble letting God lead? You ever want to be out in front doing things your own way? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Probably not. But we have to remind ourselves, let him lead. He's God. Okay, verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. I love this. He's going to speak to him. He's going to tell him the words of God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. And I love this because Joshua saying, God is going to drive them out. God's going to do the work. This is how you're going to know. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing from downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. This is Joshua telling him what is about to happen. God has either told him or given him a vision of it, but he knows this is about to happen. And he is telling them, here we go, guys. This is how you're going to know that God is going to conquer these people for you. Because watch what he's about to do right now. Okay, verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. There it is again, guys. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. God's out in front. Verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea or the dead sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, the priests who carried the Ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Remember, the Israelites who had come through the, the the parting of the Red Sea when they were fleeing Egypt, they wandered for 40 years before this is happening now, and a whole generation had died off. So while their, their parents and their grandparents had told them about the parting of the Red Sea, none of these people here, none of these Israelites would have actually seen it with their own eyes. Maybe some of the really young ones as children, but their memories might have been foggy or hazy. And I love this because God is doing a fresh work for them right in front of their eyes. He's about to ask them to do really hard things. He's about to ascend them into war against nations that are bigger than them, more powerful th- than they were. Bigger armies, more chariots, more weapons. Some of them were giants like Goliath, Right. Some of them were 9 and 10 feet tall. And God is giving them a fresh miracle before they set out to do what He's going to ask them to do. Because He knows what He's asking of them is hard. But He says, I'm out in front of you. Follow me. Look what I can do. Don't be scared of what's coming tomorrow. Watch what I'm going to do with this river. I'm the God who even the wind and the waves obey me. and all of them crossed over on dry ground, all of them, completely. I love this. God made the way. Don't you just love the completeness of God? He never does anything just part of the way. If it hasn't been done completely yet, whatever it is in your life that you're still waiting for completion on, if he hasn't done it completely le- completely yet, you guys, he he's just not finished. He does not leave things undone. And I love, too, this surrender again of letting him lead, letting him call the shots. It got me thinking, you know, if he's out front and I'm following him, that means I've got a front row seat to the amazing things He's going to do. You guys, I don't know about you, but that is my favorite place to be. You can ask any of the people who know me best. My favorite place to be is a front row seat watching God do what He does best. He's a miracle worker. He's a Savior. He is mighty. And also, you guys, He's right here with us. He is right here with us. Okay, let's pray. Father God, um, we praise you. We praise the completeness of you, the perfection and the majesty of you, the wonder of you, Lord. None can fathom, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived of the plans you have for the ones who love you. We can't even fathom the plans you have for us, Lord, that you would stop a raging river so that we could cross over on dry ground. We can't even fathom the cancer that you'll cure with one touch, the healing that you'll do in our relationships and in our families. We can't even fathom the battles you are already fighting for us. You're already there. You're out front, Lord. We praise you for that. and We thank you. Lord, I pray for each person listening to this message today and in the future, Lord. Lord, I pray for Haiti, who is just heavy on my heart as she's becoming more and more war-torn, the civil unrest there as it just rises up in her, and my loved ones, Wendy and Avery, and their Family and friends that are right in the middle of it, Lord, I just pray your protection over them. And I pray your healing for Haiti. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for being the God who is always out in front and who leads us into amazing things tomorrow. Lord, help us to be disciplined about preparing for it today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And you guys, I just realized too, as I was praying that I forgot to give us the third thing, I got so caught up in talking about our Bible time and uh, spending time in the word of God that I got so caught up in the word that I forgot about our third thing. So church and worship was number one and Bible time daily was number two. And number three was prayer, prayer. We need to be spending time in prayer every single day, and I don't mean just the kind of prayer where we go to Him and we ask Him for a laundry list of things. If you have not done the Lord Teach Me How to Pray series um, that we did just a couple months ago, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that one from start to finish where we walk through the Lord's Prayer one step at a time. It really taught me a lot about the way uh god desires us to come before him each day in prayer and and coming before him in a way that is just uh seeking to be in relationship with him just seeking to spend time with him not coming before him just asking him to do things for me but just coming before him because i love him and i want to be with him um with that said you guys um not only is my favorite place to be uh on the front row of whatever it is that God's got going on in my life today or tomorrow, but also, um, Oh, my doorbell's ringing, but also right here with you, my favorite place right here with you, skinny peeps. I love our time together. If you haven't already find us on Facebook, just search the skinny with Jesus and then add yourself there. All are welcome. And uh, I would love for you to invite family or friends that you, uh, think might be, um, Might want to plug in with us here. Also, prayers for Haiti. Prayers for Haiti. Um, I was actually supposed to be leaving for Haiti tomorrow to teach at a women's conference there. But with the civil unrest and just everything that's going on in uh, that precious nation, it's just not safe for us to travel. And so um, if Haiti crosses your mind, please just lift her up. And also, my dear friends, Wendy and Avery, I love you. I'm praying for you every day, every time you cross my mind. Okay, guys, until the next time we're together, just know I am looking I'll be looking forward to our next episode. And you know, until then I'll be praying for you and yours. Bye now.